2: So I was in the shower, I was oh, yeah. cleaning my ass and making all
1: the all sparkly spanking clean. I'm not the funny one, I'm the pretty one. Cock shots. <laughs> <laughs> I just checked myself out! Beatles, music, why? And then loop up and get
2: on top. A glory hole is like a, a like a dick theater of a I've imagined you're Which
1: means your pants had better come off. Mama needs to playtime. Gonna... Uh, uh.
2: We're not sluts. We just
1: love love. Hello podcast listeners. This is Angela. Welcome back for another By the By. Bradford is not here, but don't worry. I'm not alone. I have company. (laughs) Tiffany is here with me. Say hello Tiffany. Hello Tiffany. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll get into who Tiffany is and why she's here momentarily. But first I'm going to go through a few upcoming events. Uh, So if you're listening at release date, we have a pendulum party this Friday, February 15th, so it's going to be at our secret spot as usual, and it's a time for anyone who is bicurious, bisexual, if you're a couple who's wanting to explore a little bit more, come out, join us. What better way to celebrate Valentine's weekend? Yeah! <laughs> we'll be there. And uh, following that, by a few weeks, we have Mardi Gras Parade on March 2nd. Yes. Yes. It's always a fun time. Yeah. So if you're around Sydney, come out, check it out, see all the floats and all the people and all the pretty colors. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> so Bradford and I will be part of the Buy Plus Visibility float, which is, I think, probably going to be near the end. So stick around till the end. Yeah. And, and look for us. <laughs> it's going to be a long day, but it'll be so much fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, March 9th. We have a lot of stuff coming up. It's going to be busy. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, March 9th is a... It's a Saturday. Uh, But March 9th, we have End of Summer Drinks and After Party. Classy and Fun are putting that one on. We have talked about them before, but we didn't call them Classy and Fun, but that's who they are. (laughs) They put on some of the really great drinks, uh, meet and mingle types of things that we've been to and we've talked about before. They do a really good job of getting people together that are going to get along and uh just kind of getting people mingling they always have some not not cheesy but they have some games that kind of get people really mingling and talking and so you don't get go there and then kind of get stuck talking to one couple the whole time because it's not really the point yeah they do a really good job of getting people together and so that is going to be on march 9th and you can get more information about that on red hot pie On their website, and also I put a link up on our website, which I'm trying to slowly but surely do a little bit more with, so there are now some events on our Where Are We page. Ooh. I know. How exciting. Yeah. I don't know what (laughs) what else we'll do with the website next, but that's at least a good start, (laughs) and so you can kind of see some of these events that we're talking about are listed on there, so if you do have a question or if you miss it, you can always go back to our website and find that. Mm. and then we're going to skip ahead a long ways into November. November 2nd through 9th we have the Life on the Swing Set Takeover at Desire, which is amazing and a lot of fun, and we talked about it on three podcasts before, a lot of podcasts after we got back, <laughs> and so you can get a taste of what that's like, and you can also listen to the Life on the Swing Set Takeover uh, to get more information as well. If you want to sign up for that. I think they're nearing 50% sold out already, which is awesome this early in the year. But if you want to get more information about that, uh, you can message us, you can go to swingsetdesire.com and there's also a link on our website as well. So you can find it there. Cool. (laughs) So a lot going on. Yeah. (laughs) Lots happening, but there always is at this time of year. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It's a busy time here. Yeah, But it's good. It's it's a lot of fun. Gay so. Christmas. Yay! <laughs> that's such a good way to put it. That's a great way to put it. Because it's so true. So true. Especially leading up to Mardi Gras, there's so many events mm-hmm. and so many productions and plays and movies and things and parties. and So true. You just can't get to it all. I know. I'm excited for Fair Day.
0: That's probably one of my favorites. Yes,
1: that's coming up this Sunday, the yeah. 17th. Yeah, 17th of February, mm-hmm. Fair Day. So exciting. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the weather will be nice. I haven't looked, but...
0: I checked the weather this morning. There's predicted sunshine. Awesome. I know. It's going
1: to be great. Very exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Such a good time leading up to Mardi Gras here. Yes. I love it. Yeah. All right. Should we get into it? Let's do it. Okay. So the reason that I asked Tiffany to come join me today is because we're going to talk about Club V which is the women's only play party at our secret spot. You've heard me mention it before. It started out as Femme. That was the first party. And there were a lot of questions about, questions and concerns about the name. And so people saying, I identify as Butch. Am I allowed? Can I come? Etc. Cetera, et cetera, So a lot of people just asking questions about the name and feeling like it was exclusionary. So we kind of uh, workshopped it with people from different communities and tried to come up with something different. We ended up with Club V. Some people love it. Some people hate it. It is what it is. Deal with it.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> Get over it, people. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just a party name. It can only be one or two words. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's what it is. But it is still a, you know, it is still billed as a women's only play party. Whatever the name is, it doesn't really matter. And so the purpose of the party was to give women a safe place to explore, play together, to meet other women. Because even if for some women who are used to going to the swingers club, they're used to going with their partner Mm -hmm. and more often than not a male partner. And it's a different atmosphere. It's a different vibe when you have only women there. And some women are self-conscious and don't want to play around their male partners mm-hmm. and they want to explore something like that on their own first. Doesn't mean they won't bring them into it later, but it it may just be something that you need to explore on your own first. Yep. But we also wanted to bring together people from that community. We wanted to give people from lesbian communities, from the queer community a safe place to play. And a place to come together and, and, you know, places where we can meet people that we otherwise maybe wouldn't. Yeah. And so that's kind of where this was born from. And so, yeah, I thought would bring Tiffany on. She was one of the ones to help kickstart and get things going. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we can help define what is a woman yeah. for these purposes anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a very interesting um, term, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, maybe we should use female identifying. Female
1: identifying. I don't know. Yes.
0: Whatever. Yeah. Whatever works. Whatever floats your boat. Exactly.
1: So <laughs> do you want to give a bit of your background and your history? Sure. Yeah. So um
0: I suppose in reference to what we're going to be talking about today, it's probably useful for me to explain that I've been working in training for about 20 years. My most recent role was at one of the um, big four banks, and we did a lot of training around LGBTIQ for um, employees Mm -hmm. there to help them to understand um, the different terminology and what it all means. and you know just how to kind of navigate that world. Um, it can be tricky. It's tricky, right? Yeah. You know, I think we're all kind of trying to understand um, what it all means. And and you know, I, th- I think probably the most important thing to say is that it's it's evolving. It it hasn't. It's not the same as it was five years ago, ten years ago, and it's not going to be the same in five or ten years from now. Yeah. Um, so the, the kind of things that I'm thinking about going through today is really just my own thoughts, um, as well as kind of a culmination of, you know, different training things that I've delivered over the past, um, you know, in the past, um, for, for different people. So, yeah, I think it's really just about us being able to kind of unpack, um, what all of, all of this terminology means and then what, yeah. it how, how it's kind of impacted on club V and, um, in this play space.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So one thing that if you are looking at this on Twitter or anywhere, depending on where you found the podcast, the image for this podcast we're putting up as an infographic, basically, that Tiffany has supplied. And it's the gingerbread person And I know that Mm -hmm. there are different variations of this out there, but it's kind of the the basis for how we're going to talk about this. And so if you take a look at that image, uh, you can go to Twitter. We'll put it on the website as well. We'll put it up on Instagram. We'll put it everywhere. Facebook, take a look at it, digest it. It's a lot to digest. And like I said, there are different versions out there. So you may have seen something similar before.
0: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. This is a simplified version from... um, Uh, various different websites and things. And I've tried to kind of reference it down the bottom. But if you do want um, any more information, Pride and Diversity are fantastic. Um, Particularly if you work in an organisation where they're, you know, not really focused on diversity and inclusion and you want to, you know, talk to people in your workplace around LGBTIQ, diversity and inclusion then um yeah pride and diversity are fantastic they're really um got some great stuff so yeah yeah, so grab that little image and we'll kick off and start running through it okay have a look at it absolutely all right so why don't we kick off with looking at the purple one at the very bottom so you can see that there's four different streams um or, or kind of you know areas that we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation, and biological sex. So let's kick off talking about biological sex. It's, it's pretty much the easiest for most people to understand. Um, it's essentially the anatomy that you are born with.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So some people are born with female anatomy and they have a vagina. Some people are born with male anatomy and they'd be on the right hand side of this um, purple arrow, arrow and they would identify as male um, you know, and, and have a penis. And then there's, um, you know, something in between. So, um, if you haven't heard the term intersex before, um, it refers to people that are born with, um, a different combination of, um, genitalia and various different, um, components of that. So in terms of the intersex, um, world, there's about 40 different variations. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's huge. It's
0: huge. There's 40 different variations. So, you know, I can be born with a penis and a womb. Mm -hmm. I can have um, ovaries and a scrotum Mm -hmm. and testes, you know, lots of different Mm -hmm. combinations. And these 40 different variations are caused by the variation in um, chromosomes and you know genetics so mm-hmm. if I have more testosterone then I might be um, you know have all of the male genitalia so there, there's lots of different variations yeah. in between you know the, the left hand side of the graph and the right- hand side of the graph
1: but I guess it makes sense when you think about all the different, parts physically that make us up. And then, like you said, every combination of what could you possibly have between all of those, it makes sense that there would be so many variations of intersex. But I guess I just never really thought about with that one term, how much it actually encompasses, Yeah, because it's pretty massive.
0: Yeah, it is pretty massive. And if we think about the LGBTIQ Mm -hmm. acronym, the I stands for intersex. Mm -hmm. And Um, what's interesting is that when you speak to some intersex people, they would say they don't feel like they're part of the queer community. Mm -hmm. They're not part of the LGBTIQ community because they identify, um, you know, and this is where that you can see on the graph, it's got self identified female and and male Mm -hmm. self identified. So they would say, I'm not queer. I am male or I am female. Right. Right. Um, and they they identify that themselves, even though their genitalia might not necessarily identify in that way or mm-hmm. or it might be just a, a chromosome difference or a genetic difference, higher levels of testosterone, higher levels of estrogen there are all sorts of variations which can mm-hmm. um, impact on someone um, being intersex, but they wouldn't necessarily identify as intersex. they right. would say that they're either male or female so Yeah, it's interesting that that space is kind of constantly evolving and changing. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that um, I find really fascinating, you can Google this kind of stuff, but basically there's a a big movement at the moment where intersex people are starting to take um, surgeons to court because what used to happen many years ago is that uh, if a doctor couldn't tell whether or not a baby when it was born was either male or female, because mm-hmm. normally a doctor will say, "Hey, congratulations, you've just given birth to a boy or a girl." Um, and if they can't identify that when the baby is born, then they would basically say um, we you know that they would suggest to the parents that they um, have gender assignment surgery for the children. So it would usually be around about the ages of two or three that wow. they force these, little humans who have not given consent for major surgery on their body um to happen and and they would go ahead and do that
1: that's so young for these
0: little bubbies yeah Yeah. horrific so a lot of these people have been left with pain when going to the toilet Mm -hmm. pain during sex um numbness in their genitalia because they've been cut open and assigned to a certain gender
1: and at two or three years old you're Body's just really beginning to form. You're you're not even you've not had a chance to become either mentally a full fledged adult Mm -hmm. and then say that this is what I want, or physically your body hasn't finished growing and changing. And then to to try and make that change that young, it, it does make sense that there would be some damage that would happen. Besides what may happen during surgery, but what may then happen as your tissues continue to to grow and evolve.
0: That's it. That's exactly right. So a lot of people who've gone through this sort of surgery are left with this horrible life. And you know what? Sometimes the doctors get it wrong because how Mm -hmm. can you know at Mm -hmm. two or three years old what the gender of the child is? Yeah. And so they're taking a guess and then This person grows up and says, hang on a second, you assigned me as female. I'm not female, I'm male. So it's just awful what we've done to um, some of these people having to live with this. What's interesting is that the intersex, and like I said, 40 different variations of this, in terms of the population numbers, this is 3% of the population. Okay, So it's the same number of people who have red hair. I mean, 3% yeah. of our population have red hair. Yeah. So that is a lot of people who are intersex. Now, the reality is most of them might not even know because what we're talking about is, you know, a, a chromosome mm-hmm. difference or a, or a higher testosterone or mm-hmm. higher estrogen that kind of means that they're not wholly male or not wholly right. female. So they may not even know. So we're talking about a large... Well, not large but you know three percent a decent percent it's decent percent right like I I kind of and so I think if you know someone who's got red hair you probably know someone that's intersex and so our um kind of you know discrimination against um intersex people is just so wildly bizarre like to say oh well you're not male or female no it's complete crap yeah so it's very interesting
1: that's fascinating yeah. To, so basically, look around, and for every redheaded person that there is in the room, not if you're at home, but you know, if you're on the bus or on the train, look around, <laughs> and every redheaded person, there's very likely an intersex person as well.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. That's fascinating.
0: So if a child is ever born and you don't know what the gender is, yeah. don't assign a gender to that person. Just wait for them to grow up and choose the gender themselves. So
1: you may or may not know, but does that still happen a lot, that they will assign a gender, or is that becoming less common?
0: Much less common. I think that a lot of people are pushing back on it now. Mm -hmm. There's much more education um, around it. So I'm not aware that Mm -hmm. we're we're still doing that. Mm
1: -hmm. That's good. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Because it does seem like one of those things that once the child either gets to a certain age or grows up, and then if they want to do something, that's fine. But Mm -hmm. you have to figure out who you are before you know what you might want to do. Correct.
0: And it's your choice. You're a human. You have a human right to... (laughs) Make those decisions about your own body.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. So super interesting. All right. So that's the purple one at the bottom. Yes. Let's move on to gender identity, which is the blue one at the top. So what's interesting is that our brain does actually have a gender. So our brain tells us what our gender is. Now, this is really interesting stuff. I love this. It makes me so excited because... (laughs) You should see her. She's doing a little dance right now. (laughs) (laughs) I get so excited about these things. It's really fascinating that our brain does actually identify in a particular way. Mm -hmm. And the research shows that there isn't just male and female. In fact, there's 17 different variations of gender. You know, you can look back at kind of, you know, Indian culture where I think they had six, but then there are Mm -hmm. other cultures where they have, you know, variations of gender. But let's go with a... Um, you know, a heteronormative binary concept of gender for now, just to make it a little bit simpler. So when we say heteronormative binary, we're talking about the two genders Mm -hmm. that Western culture traditionally look at. So So male male and and female. female. That's right. Yeah. So we can see that on the...
1: Interestingly, we both put male first. Ah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm going to do it the other way around from now on. Female, male.
2: Anyhow,
1: continue on, sorry. All right,
0: no worries. (laughs) (laughs) So you can see on this little blue um, arrow that we have female on the left and male on the right. And Mm -hmm. there is this spectrum in between that. So what can happen with uh, some people is that they are born with their biological gender, so the purple one down the bottom, being one thing, and then their uh, gender identity in their brain being something different.
1: Right. So they may be born with female genitalia and then their brain tells them, no, I actually feel like a male. Correct. And that's where we get transgender.
0: That's right. So that's where the transgender term comes from. Um, Cis. So Mm -hmm. I'm cis. So C-I-S means that I have an alignment between my biological gender and my gender identity. Mm -hmm. So I have female genitalia and my brain tells me that I'm female. So I am a cis female. So with transgender people, their brain is telling them that they're a different gender to um, their biological gender. And so if my biological gender is male Mm -hmm. and my brain tells me that I'm female, then I'm going to be a transgender woman Mm -hmm. or a trans woman. And the reverse um, can occur as well. And what we have in the middle is lots of different terms in there. So we've got genderqueer, non-binary, two-spirit, genderless. There's lots of different versions of this. There's such a gray zone between
1: the two. It's oh, yeah. massive.
0: It's massive. Yeah. And these um, people would say that they are, there's lots of different variations. There could be, you know, um, I my brain doesn't tell me that I'm a gender ever, oh. not at all. And so I don't feel like I'm female or male. Mm-hmm. And for those people, they would probably use the um, gender pronoun they or them. Right. So obviously the gender pronoun for female would be her and um, she Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: male, him or his. And if you're non-binary, then some people who are non-binary would prefer to use the term they or them. Right. Um, But there's lots of other variations of that. So for example, someone might feel more female one day and more male the next, Mm -hmm. um, or female one week, one month. Yeah, because it's all
1: a spectrum. And and like I said, it's, it's, what is your brain telling you? And your brain's affected by so many different factors and hormones. And, and that's, it's completely understandable that it would be changeable, whether it be on a daily basis, weekly, monthly, maybe life stages, even Mm -hmm. you may go through different phases where you feel like you may go through different stages where you feel like sometimes I feel more female and sometimes I feel more male sometimes yep. I'm in between sometimes I feel like neither and yep. and that's completely okay um, exactly. but yeah it does make sense though that there would be such a big gray zone because it's a it's a yep. complex world it is our brains are
0: very complex that's right our brains are yeah. very complex and they're like you said where they're impacted by so many different variables mm. you know it's our hormones and you know all sorts of genetics and there's all sorts of things that are going on. Um, so yeah I think probably the best way to approach this is just to ask somebody which gender pronoun would you prefer yeah it's it's much easier
1: to ask than to get it wrong some people will take offense if you get it wrong but very rarely does someone take offense if you ask them exactly what what pronoun do you prefer yeah and if you're not sure you can always default to they or them until you know what someone prefers
0: yeah and I'm, I'm trying to do that a lot more nowadays I think it's It's probably, um, a more comfortable space to be, Mm -hmm. you know, until they, they kind of confirm that for you. Yeah. Just use they or them as a default. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Should we move on to the next one? Yeah. So that's, that's two lines down. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Bam. All right. So the yellow one, um, which Uh is the second one down is gender expression. So this, the easiest way to understand it is how do I express myself with what I wear? Right. So, um, traditionally we would probably say that someone who dresses more feminine would wear makeup or nail polish dresses, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who dresses more masculine, more traditionally would wear suits or pants, shorts, that sort of stuff. Right. Um, and then we've got something in between. So, um, let's go with androgynous for now Okay. and talk about androgynous. The easiest way that I find to think about this is, you know, people like David
2: Bowie,
0: mm-hmm. um, Annie Lennox. Um, sometimes they'll be makeup or nail polish. Sometimes they'll be in suits and they kind of move between or it's it's a little bit harder to know. Are they male? Are they female? How are they dressing? It's, it's a little bit more.
1: So they're moving between the two spaces mm-hmm. and sometimes they may appear more feminine, sometimes more masculine. Mm-hmm. But it can be difficult to, on first glance, establish which way they tend to lean. Is that what you're saying?
0: That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Someone who's more androgynous might have, you know, more feminine, um, gestures, but Mm -hmm. they might wear, you know, more masculine clothes. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's kind of this little gray zone in between, I suppose.
1: Okay. Yeah. So how is that different than gender neutral? I think it's, Or are they pretty similar? They're pretty
0: similar, yeah. So it's a different term for a similar sort of thing. Someone might feel more comfortable sort of um, identifying as androgynous and they would refer to themselves as androgynous, and someone else might refer to themselves as as gender neutral. Right. Yeah, so different term for a similar sort of thing. And and you know what? To be honest, that's just my interpretation. Mm -hmm. You are someone Mm -hmm. who uses the word gender neutral, and they might say, well, they're completely different to androgynous. I'm neutral, I'm neither male nor female, whereas, you know, and they may interpret. The, the word androgynous differently so right yeah okay. um,
1: well that's the beauty of all of this is that it, it very few of these terms have hard and fast rules as to this is what it means correct is that it can be open to interpretation depending on yeah. on the user who's using it and exactly your experiences your background
0: yeah And I've got friends who are non-binary, who are androgynous, who are trans, Mm. and, you know, they will use the term differently to other friends, you know, who kind of feel like their connection with it is different. So,
1: Mm. yeah, I think it's... So it's a general guideline, but it's not a hard and fast rule. Correct. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And this is where it becomes a little bit tricky. There isn't really, you know, clear definitions around some of these things. Mm -hmm. You know, I speak to different people and they interpret it in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I speak to some people who say that non-binary isn't even on the gender identity spectrum. Mm-hmm. They say that they're actually, because you know that they're not part of either the male or female. They're completely separate in a different space. Um, so So to
1: them, it's not a gender then correct. Yeah. Because it's it's not not, even, it's not even a gender identity. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not on the spectrum at all. It's Mm -hmm. completely separate. So it's not a gender identity and I get where they're coming from. That's their interpretation of it. So yeah, I'm not saying that this graph is exactly how it is for everybody. Um, or the the definitions I'm talking through are exactly how everyone Mm -hmm. feels. Yeah.
1: Okay. But back to gender expression then. So if you have someone who is, biologically female, uh, they identify as female mm-hmm. and then they dress more feminine. That's mm-hmm. what we would typically call them. Correct. And then someone who's biologically female, um, they identify more in a masculine way and they dress that way. That's what we would typically then call butch. Correct. Is that correct?
0: That's correct. Okay. And these two terms are traditionally have been used more in the lesbian yep. community. Yep. Um, and so I suppose it's about those very traditional binary roles of a male and female. and when you have two women of the same gender, sometimes, but not all the time, um, they will, one will take on a more masculine, more butch mm-hmm. um, way of dressing. Um, and the other will take on a more femme, way of dressing. Right. Um And that's just a gender expression. That doesn't necessarily mean that they are pa- playing more of a male or female role. Um right. And definitely... I think I that's an
1: important distinction to make.
0: It is a yeah. really important distinction to make because, you know, I've got lesbian friends who have had heterosexual men go, so which one of you in the bedroom is the man, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, you're, you're so binary in your yeah. thinking. It's just not... That's simpler we are really kind of putting in people into boxes mm-hmm. and assuming that, you know, they are um, you know, taking on that male or female role. And it's, it's not always the case.
2: Right.
0: So that's obviously the terminology. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. that's used in the lesbian community we've got mm-hmm. femme and butch um you know there's other terminology that's used in the gay community as well yeah. um but this doesn't necessarily mean that people are always going to take up those roles right yeah and, and and also not always dress in that same way all of the time
1: well exactly yeah it's because it's like everything else it's on a spectrum and and it may be that sometimes you've feel like wearing a dress and sometimes you feel like wearing a suit mm-hmm. and that's completely okay <laughs> absolutely it's really interesting because I wore a dress
0: the other day because it was like super hot you yeah. know and I wore a dress to work and I don't think they'd seen me in a dress before. They were quite <laughs> shocked. Like my colleagues at work were like, Oh, cause usually I wear, you know, suit pants or a, uh-huh. um, a work shirt or whatever. And yeah, it's just hilarious that they kind of were like, what? Cause I, I love kind of moving between, mm-hmm. you know, a snappy suit and a, and a dress. And mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like wearing pants and sometimes I feel like wearing a skirt. Yeah. So it's, Yeah. It's really interesting that we have, you know, in society, we have such binary way of thinking about clothing. Mm -hmm. It infuriates me going into H&M and, you know, you kind of have these separate, you know, here's the women's department and here's the men's department. Yeah. Um, there are lots of clothing labels that are starting to move away from that and, and having more androgynous and, um, clothing Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, kind of having labels and clothing that, that are for both genders it doesn't matter which you are you can wear whatever you feel like wearing
1: which makes shopping a lot more fun (laughs) it's a lot more fun
0: you know people look at me strangely when I go into the men's area and I'm like can I get those pants in you know like my size and they're like for you or for your boyfriend I'm like for me (laughs) I want those pants they're awesome pants (laughs) yeah so I do find it quite interesting that um people get very Shocked by, and this comes down to the judgment that we have, right? How long does it take for us to decide um, to, to, you know, when we first meet somebody? What is it that they say? Two, three seconds? Yeah.
1: When you first meet someone, you do make assumptions on them based upon how they look and how they present themselves. And like you said, if you've always worn pants and suits and things to work, then all of a sudden coming in in a dress, you're going to completely rock their world because mm. they have this image of you of this is how you've presented yourself before. This yeah. is who you are. Whether it's true or not, yeah. likely isn't, but that's their perception of you. And then See? you show up in a dress and they're like, oh, now all of a sudden, I'm not exactly sure who you are. <laughs> it's so bizarre.
0: Yeah. It's just clothing that we put yeah. on our bodies. Right? Why do we have all of these assumptions? But there is
1: that first impression and yeah. like it or not, it matters. And it And people do make assumptions based on that. They could be wildly wrong. Yeah. and I know that I am a lot better in trying to be better about recognizing when I make assumptions about someone when I first meet them because mm-hmm. we're going to make them I think it's just human nature but mm-hmm. at the same time if you can recognize that and say hold on maybe that's not who they are like let's take a step back and mm-hmm. actually find out before yeah. we completely judge
0: yeah absolutely yeah and I think it kind of comes back to you know th- that judgment that we have mm. um impacts on the littlest things you know which toilet you choose I mean Mm -hmm. I've had people you know kind of question me walking into a men's toilet I'm like we're in a bar what why does it matter Mm -hmm. which toilet I use you know whether I'm in a dress
1: or I'm in pants you know does it really matter? Just let me pee. Yeah. So I like one of the theaters here in Sydney. Uh, they have a sign outside of the restrooms that says, use whichever one suits your needs. Mm-hmm. Well, very often the women's has a stupidly long line coming out of <laughs> yes. it. And the men's doesn't. So I'm like, well, the men's suits my needs because there's not a stupidly long line coming out of it. Yeah. I don't really care who's in there. Just let me pee.
0: That's right. That's all I want. That's all I want. Yeah. And I think, you know, we are getting much more, you know, gender neutral Mm -hmm. bathrooms, um, in public spaces, which is great. And most of the time they have a sign that says, don't care which one you use, just wash your hands. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's really that simple. Um, You know, I've had an ex-girlfriend of mine in a bar in Oxford Street, walking into the women's bathrooms, and because she was in, you know, a shirt and pants and had short hair, the woman coming out of the bathroom said, oh, the men's is over there. You're going into the wrong one. It's like, what does it matter to you? Which bathroom (laughs) I use? Who cares? Like, seriously. You know, it's just crazy. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Let's get back to it. Okay, so, right. Last right. one. Yeah. Should we do
1: that one? The sure. sexual orientation? Mm-hmm.
0: I think this is probably one of the easier ones, don't you think? I would agree. <laughs> um, I know you and. Um, we Brad- talk about
1: it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So
0: it's probably <laughs> yeah. one of the easy ones. So heterosexual, obviously, I'm attracted to people of the opposite sex, and homosexual on the right hand side of the graph, um, you know,
1: attracted to people of the same sex, mm-hmm. and bisexual in the middle. Right. And as we talked about many a time before, it very much goes along the Kinsey scale. And most people fall somewhere in the middle. Very few people are on those extremes of completely heterosexual and completely homosexual but many people do fall somewhere along that spectrum and I know for us I know that Bradford and I have talked about it I'm sure for you is that you can slide along that scale depending on what's going on in life your mood again you know hormones and what's going on with you Um, and sometimes you may kind of slide up the scale a bit more and sometimes slide down the scale a bit more and sometimes to much much more extremes absolutely but it, it is very changing but at the same time, that's why, you know, it's important, I think, with all of these is to recognize that, that yes, there are extreme ends of those spectrums, but most people really kind of fit somewhere in between. Yeah. And, and sexuality is, the sexual orientation is no different to that.
0: Yeah. So I think um, something just to add to there around the stats of mm-hmm. what we're kind of looking at, yep. the LGBTI community, you know, what I'm going to use the term queer community. Mm-hmm. Now, interestingly, queer community probably was not a term that we would have used, you know, five years ago. It would have been quite an offensive right. term to use, but it's being used more commonly now for, you know, the encompassing of all of the alpha, the alphabet <laughs> alphabet soup that <laughs> seems to make up the LGBTIQA, i um, I'm just looking at the graph here, <laughs> looking at how many other ones there are, so... Yeah, I think if we talk about the queer community, um, stats here in Australia show that it's about 10% of the Australian population that we're talking about that is not it's pretty significant heterosexual cisgendered. It's a pretty significant yeah. amount. And, you know, I, I think from um, some of the last, you know, previous podcasts mm-hmm. that you guys have done, you've talked about, you know, there is a large portion of people that sit in the middle of that Kinsey scale.
1: Yeah, 52% of the LGBTQI population identifies as bisexual. So that would be Which is around about huge. 5% of yeah.
0: our Australian population. Yeah. Like it's a pretty significant amount yeah. so of people. So yeah, I think it's probably worth noting that, you know, there is a lot of people who sit in the middle, mm-hmm. middle of that spectrum. Asexual. So people who are asexual um, don't find that they are attracted to anyone. Right. They don't feel like they have a strong sexual attraction to um, humans based on, um, you know, their gender or anything. So it's, yeah, they kind of sit in that, um, I suppose it's just a really middle space. Yeah. So, say,
1: so again, they're kind of off the graph a bit because I would assume that they yeah. don't feel like they fit anywhere between heterosexual, homosexual, True. bisexual. They don't fit along that line, which is kind of a shame because we don't want anyone to feel disconnected. It's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Very good point.
0: And pansexual. So this is probably one of the newer additions Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. um, the alphabet soup. Um, So pansexual is the assumption that there isn't just two um, genders. So bisexual people are attracted to the, um, you know, either male or female. Mm -hmm. Whereas someone who's pansexual is not attracted to um, any particular male, female on that spectrum, it's, um, look, if you go back to the gender identity in the middle around non-binary, it's kind of including that in, in that sexual attraction. So yeah, it's about saying that there's more than just male and female. Um, so for myself, you know, I find, yeah, I've been attracted to people who are non-binary. Um, so that's why I would say I probably feel more pansexual.
1: I would, I would agree. I would say for, for Bradford and I as well that we do lean more towards the pansexual side if you're going to look at like the, just the academic definitions of it. But at the same time, I still feel like for most of society, it's easier for them to understand the term bisexual because yep. so many people – don't really understand what pansexual is. Yeah, and you can get into a lot of long discussions about that. <laughs> and to, we have, <laughs> yeah, because
0: to explain it, you need people to understand that yeah. the concept of gender identity, and then you go into the brain and, right. just, you know, brain and it's so, so complex. Yeah. So yeah, it's not just an easy one sentence yeah. response.
1: But then you also get things like demisexual, where people feel like they need a strong emotional connection True. to then be sexually attracted to someone. Yes. So there's a lot of variations out there and in what this can look like. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. We're very complex creatures. <laughs> we humans are very complex. We're just big chemistry experiments.
0: <laughs> and we're all different. That's so true. And yeah. we, we shouldn't be putting people in boxes. Yeah. No. You know, there is there is so many different variations. And this is where I think it's become so much more complex. Um, you know, when you look at the acronym, you've mm-hmm. got LGBTIQ, so L, lesbian, Mm -hmm. G, gay, B, bisexual, um, I, intersex, T, transgender, then you've got P for pansexual, A for asexual, Mm -hmm. D for demisexual, Um, you know, and so this is kind of where we've realized that there is just so many more letters that help, you know, to give people this, you know, who are you complexity. Um, And so... I, you know, kind of, I suppose that's where we get back to referring it to it as the queer community it becomes right. a little bit easier.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, yeah. So before we move on yeah, from the infographic and the gingerbread person here, mm-hmm. let's take a momentary pause and uh, get a word from fellow Life on the Swing Set podcast.
0: Join us on The
1: Wet Coast, a podcast about sexuality and ethical non-monogamy of every variety. We talk polyamory and swinging, monogamish and open relationships, from dirty, dirty sex to heartbreak and everything in between. We share our personal experiences and philosophy, observations and theories, what works for us and where we fucked it right
0: up. This isn't your Average Couples Explanabrag a brag podcast, though we definitely do a little
1: of that. We share our adventures in open with a unique, funny, feminist, and Canadian approach. Come get wet with us on the Wet Coast. All right, and now we're back. So we're going to move on from the different levels of the gingerbread person. Yeah. And we're going to talk about what does all of this mean for Club V? Yes. Because that's kind of where this all
0: started. This is where we're (laughs) heading towards. (laughs) Now that we understand the complexity of all of this.
1: Right. So now that we understand all of the complexity of of gender and sexual orientation and, you know, what... So when we say that, you know, Club V is a play party for women only or for female identifying people... What does that ultimately really mean based upon all of this that we've just talked about? Yeah. And I guess we can start with talking about some of the women that have come before. Yeah. And and some of the people from different groups and, and different communities that we've seen there. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Um, so I know that we've had a number of women from the Swinger community. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are people who are either... Curious about being with another woman, or they do identify as bisexual and they love to play with women. Yeah. But again, you know, the dynamic is different when your partner's not there, and yep. so they want to come and explore and play. And so we get people from that community. Yeah. Uh, we also have had people from different aspects of the lesbian community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've had some people that identify more femme. Yep. Those that identify as more butch. Yep. Um, would you like to continue on? Because I feel like I'm the only one talking. About <laughs> No, it's fine. <laughs> You're doing uh, well. We do have people who have come who identify as non-binary. True. Uh, I know that there is one person in particular that we both know, and when they walked in for the oh. first fem. And they
0: were crap. hot. Yes. yes. That just suit this, that they had oh, on.
1: It was this Damn. beautifully tailored suit that just, oh. I'm grabbing myself now, sorry. <laughs> um, but this this beautifully tailored suit that they, my, my breasts, I should probably specify that. Because, you know, <laughs> And they beautiful breasts. But yeah, well, thanks. But yeah, so, but this person walked in and they were just gorgeous. And just, yeah. I think immediately probably half the room turned and looked. Mm-hmm. Because they just so well presented and just the suit fit so beautifully. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. And they've
0: come back every single time. Yes. And I love seeing them. I love seeing them. So positive. I know. They're just always so positive and up and happy to be there and just super excited. And they're so respectful of everybody and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were just having a great time yeah. at the last club fee. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it was just yeah, it's just so great to it see. Is great.
1: Yeah, uh we've also had people from the kink community. Yeah, more so but uh we've had people that have come in and they're very much a part of the kink community, and um I love that because that yeah. St. Andrews Cross gets a wonderful workout. Oh, it does. <laughs> it
0: so does, and, and
1: even we've seen the stocks used and different things yeah. in that room. So it's actually been uh, just really lovely to kind of sit back sometimes and watch. It is it's great so, yeah. yeah
0: and and some some lesbian couples yep, who have open couples. relationships who you know come along and yep. yeah they might be part of the king community or they might be just um you know coming along in a in a relationship together and mm-hmm. and playing um or even just watching
1: yeah you know absolutely and mm. um, we have a few transgender women who've come
0: we have. I think it's just amazing to, um, yeah, how many, I think probably three, four mm-hmm. um, trans women mm-hmm. who've come along. And I suppose it's worth just mentioning at this point around the complexities with the trans community. Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. Should I go into some yeah, of that? Sure. So I think um, the reason why we, we have been really firm about being so open with trans women is because unfortunately here in Australia, we have a really complex environment politically where um unfortunately you can't change your gender on your birth certificate unless you get full bottom surgery Mm -hmm. so what that means is that if i was born with a penis and i'm a trans woman i feel like i'm a woman my brain tells me that i'm female then um I I can choose to have top surgery, um, on my chest where I have breast implants put Mm in. And if I have bottom surgery, then that means that I'm, what I would be doing is, um, changing my penis, um, to be a vagina, right? Now, that can be not only hugely expensive, but incredibly um, painful and leaving potentially, not always, but potentially massive pain and and scarring and all mm-hmm. sorts of complexities.
1: Besides the mental and emotional toll that it takes. Huge, huge toll. Yeah. But yeah. We've, we've heard from someone who's gone through that. Uh, actually, there was a, a lady who presented at Rule 34. And talked mm-hmm. about her journey going through surgery. And mm-hmm. it's just... And I know she only barely touched on it, but it's just right. such a massive journey. Yeah. And just what it takes to actually go through the surgery. Huge. Is huge. Yeah. Like, like you said. And then, then there's a huge financial cost as well. Yeah. And well, not everybody can massive. afford to do that or chooses to do that because of the potential downsides. Absolutely.
0: To it. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you just don't have the money. We've, mm-hmm. we've got a friend who I think has spent a hundred thousand dollars. Like, yeah. I mean, this is hugely expensive. It's a so- huge commitment. It's a huge commitment. So um, unfortunately, not everyone is in a case where they would want to or can Mm -hmm. have bottom surgery. And that means that the Australian government won't allow them to change their gender on their birth certificate, which means they can't change their gender on their driver's license or any of their photographic ID. So they have this horrific traumatic situation where every single time they have to show id people go but your driver's license says you're male and you look like a female i don't understand like i mean it's just horrific what we are putting this population of people through um yeah, yeah awful absolutely awful so what the reason why I mention all of that stuff is that we do have trans women who come along who have not had bottom surgery. Right. Um, and we have some trans women who have come along who have had bottom mm-hmm. surgery. But ultimately, that's okay. It doesn't, it doesn't know, matter. It doesn't matter. No. <laughs> um, you know, it's just whatever you feel comfortable. You identify yeah. as female, come along.
1: Yeah. As long as you present yourself well and you're positive, yep. you have a good attitude, you want to come in and have fun that's what we want. Exactly. Yeah.
0: That's what we want. And, you know, ultimately what we say to people is if you don't feel comfortable with the people that are playing in that room,
1: go to another room. It's really that easy. There are other places you can go. There's a lot of spaces in the (laughs) club. And if you don't feel comfortable playing around someone, then go to a different space. Exactly. And that's really no different than any other night at the club. Nope. Because there have been times that I know I've been there. And I'm sure you have as well. And it's like, I don't really want to be around these people. So I'm going to remove myself from this room and go somewhere else. And and that's completely fine. That's totally acceptable. Nobody's going to get their feelings hurt. They're probably not even going to notice that you left. Exactly. (laughs) They're just having fun. So
0: (laughs) they're not even going to know.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly right. So I think that's probably the main thing. Um, Yeah. yeah, So that probably um, covers
1: everyone. Yeah. It's actually been really nice. Yeah, it's actually really nice because I feel like we've had a good group of people come together and and people from... Different communities that have come together and really had a lot of fun. Uh, for some people, it may have opened their eyes to different areas and different you know life journeys that that yeah. maybe they haven't been exposed to before. Uh, but at the same time, I think most people, from what I've heard, have had a really good time. And it, it is for me, it's lovely because I I love meeting mm. people. And if it wasn't for Club V, I probably wouldn't have. Mm. Otherwise, you know, we, so our true. paths may not have crossed. But it is just really good to get people together. And and to connect people and give them a chance to, to have a chance to play and mm-hmm. connect, and then, you know, if you make friends with somebody, you may see them outside of the club. Yep, I know that we certainly have. Yeah, um, but it's it's just really lovely to to have that environment where women can feel safe and comfortable enough to come and express themselves and find people to play with. It's so
0: true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I think probably the most important thing which we've you know we've kind of talked about before is you know as long as you have the conversation yeah. i mean consent and kind of talking about what you want is the most important part yeah. we had an interesting situation at the last coffee where that didn't happen
1: uh-huh <laughs> and so it's just about going okay let's have a conversation about this you know right. Yeah, just because it is all women does not mean that consent goes out the window. No. It's still (laughs) very much a part of things. You still need to ask for consent. You still need to respect people's consent. And I think it's very similar to what Bradford has said very much about the, the gay community is that, most gay couples have very good conversations about what play looks like for them Mm. because they kind of have to. It's not as intuitive as with a heterosexual couple where, you know, tab A goes in slot B. You know, it's it's not that...
2: (laughs) It's yeah. not
1: that intuitive. And and with when you get females together, it's very much the same thing. It's like, what does this look like? You know, yeah. what works for you? What do you want? What do you like? And, and yeah. so there needs to be a lot of discussion around that and a lot of respect for what the other person, how they yeah. feel and what they want. That's so true. Yeah.
0: And I think that's probably where it's slightly different. And I, I would imagine, I don't know if you agree, but, you know, as women, we're kind of brought up, a little bit different generally i'm talking massive generalizations here but you know, a little bit differently to men often men are kind of within society they end up being a little bit more of the pursuer Mm -hmm. and asking for what they want and being the one who says Mm -hmm. you know do you want to go upstairs let's go Mm -hmm. and make this happen and the female tends to be more the, the one who kind of sits back and gets asked right um and so what I've noticed is that sometimes it's a little bit more tricky. Women are yes. still trying to find the language, I suppose. Yeah,
1: yeah and I have noticed that at, at, I would say, each of the club fees is that there are always people that they they want to go play and they want to ask someone to play or they may be interested in someone, but they don't know how to ask. Mm. And it could be that depending on on what their world looks like, it may be that they've never really had to before. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe that they they approach that differently outside of that environment. But when you're in that environment where that's, I mean, ultimately really kind of the point of the night. Yeah. While there's no pressure to play and you don't have to. Yeah. Many people are there at least to play a little bit and or to, to explore some. And, and so a lot of women do find it difficult. They don't, like you said, they don't have the language and how to approach that. Yeah. And I know that... For women coming from the swinger community in particular, they're used to having their partner there. Mm -hmm. And so you have someone that can kind of either help take the lead or they can at least bolster your confidence so that knowing that if you get turned down, okay, well, that's fine. I have, Mm -hmm. I mean, this sounds horrible, but I have a safety net, you know, (laughs) I still have someone I can talk to and someone that I can be with. But when you're there on your own, and I know that... With Club V, we have a lot of women who do come on their own. Yeah. Some come with a friend or two, but many people do come on their own. And that can be scary and intimidating because yep. you're in this environment that's very different to anything else that you've known. And there's people that you may be interested in, but like I said, how do you make that how do you take that next step and how yep. do you make the move and say, Hey, do you want to go upstairs and play? Yeah. And it can be as simple as that, but a lot of people aren't they, they feel uncomfortable being that
2: forward. Yep.
0: And there was a woman um, who I spoke to at the last Club V who was in that exact situation. She was, you know, very Mm bi-curious and, and, you know, wanted to kind of explore and play with women but was so scared and she'd come on her own and, you know, I kind of chatted to her I kind of you know took her around I introduced her to some people um, and she she actually just said no I don't I don't want to play I just want to kind of watch and yeah. and you know kind of wander around and and see different things completely fine I was yeah, like, absolutely absolutely fine that's what you want to do you just want to see what it's like go yeah. right ahead you don't have to do anything yeah um, but if you do want to you know then happy for you to kind of you know find the language to do that right. Um Cause it, it can be a little tricky and I think yeah. it's vulnerable, right? I oh, mean, absolutely. It's, I mean, every time I ask someone to play, <laughs> I'm like, this is really scary. <laughs> you know, it's like, cause it is a little bit vulnerable because you know what? There's a chance that they're going to turn around and say, no, thank you. Right. And you know, it, as much as we always try and say, don't take it personally, Mm -hmm. there's always a little bit of you that's like, (laughs) the reason you've asked is because you kind of like the person
1: and you're attracted to them. And, you know, so it is a little scary. Mm I also think you have to be cognizant to read their body language because as just as easy, easily as someone can say, no, they may say yes, but not be a hundred percent into it. So you have to pay attention to body language and make sure that they don't feel even though you may not have actually pressured them that they don't feel like oh because they asked me I should say yes that's true so and I, I think that most people that I've seen there that that's not the case but it is something just to be cognizant of and I think that's the mm-hmm. case in any play situation with anyone absolutely is just to make sure that that they're comfortable every step of the way and, and if they're not then it's okay to take a moment and just be like hey are you okay are you sure you want to Proceed with this. So you yeah. don't have to keep going.
0: Yeah, um, it's so true right. that you know yeah. a, a hesitant yes is not a yes, no. <laughs> right? It, go, it goes. It goes back to be to enthusiastic. It's an, it needs <laughs> yeah. to be enthusiastic. And me, you know, if you asked, "Hey Tiff, do you want to play?" for me to go, mm, yeah that's not no, really i want issue. you
1: jumping out of your chair and climbing over that table that's right
0: <laughs> which i would by the way if you right. asked me i just feel like hell yeah <laughs> so you want to play <laughs> hell yeah um you know that's a yes yeah that- that's that's a definite enthusiastic yes. And mm-hmm. and so I think um, something that, that you and I have been talking about is, you know, maybe we need to do a little bit more of this stuff. At the next yeah. Club V, maybe we'll just kind of talk about it, you know, a little bit more and get it open and help people to have some more conversations around it, give them a little bit more language around this. Yeah. Because I think women don't necessarily, we're not necessarily given the language around some of this stuff. And so it makes uh, navigating this
1: a little bit more tricky, I suppose. Right. right Right. absolutely Yeah, i think it's definitely something that will help to improve the the experience for some women as well for sure Hmm. yeah absolutely
0: so we're looking at the date for the next one maybe april
1: or may still haven't quite set it up yet but nope it'll be out soon though we'll get that yeah date posted and circulating and let you know so you can get on your calendar yeah make plans come out and join us
0: yeah well we've had people come from perth yeah, Melbourne,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Canberra, yeah, Brisbane, yeah, people from all all around. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah, very exciting.
1: Mhm. All right. Good fun. Any last thoughts? I think I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Well, if anybody Coming out in Podcast Land has questions about any of this feel free to get in contact with us you can find uh, bradford and i on twitter instagram and facebook at buy the By podcast our website is www.bytheby.com.au. our email address is theatomsoflove at gmail.com and if you have questions specifically about club v you can contact our secret spot at uh, www.oursecretspot.com.au. You can also direct them to me. If you have any questions, comments, or rude remarks for Tiffany, you can direct them through us as well. We can put you in touch as needed. Um, but, yeah, feel free to get in touch with us. We would love to hear from you. And Love to. Yeah. Come, come along. Absolutely. Yay. Come out and play with us. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. Over and out.
2: Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. I'm Dylan Thomas, co-host of Life on the Swing Set the podcast. We share our experiences in swinging, polyamory, and beyond. You're listening to a Swingset Network podcast at swingset.fm. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.